listening to Self-Publishing Journeys, the weekly podcast for all new and aspiring self-published authors. Stand by for tips, resources, hints, and practical techniques to help you on your own self-publishing journey. Meet indie authors at different stages of their writing careers and hear how they manage to get their own books published and making sales. For show notes, web links, and useful resources, please head to selfpublishingjourneys.com. But now, it's time for this week's interview. Here's your show host, self-published author and digital marketer, Paul Teague. One of the first disappointments that newly self-published authors experience is in finally publishing their book and then finding that they have difficulty selling it. There's often a feeling that the biggest hurdle is in writing and publishing a book, but the real work begins after that when it's time to start making some sales. That's why it's always good to have some marketing tricks up your sleeve. Well, my guest this week can give us lots of advice on this because her company, Literally PR, specialises in creative, innovative and cost-effective PR solutions, which is just what we need as indie authors. Helen Lewis is not only a public relations expert, she also runs the Author School, which is a training initiative for all authors to get you from manuscript to book launch, which is, again, exactly what we want. Helen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for inviting me. You sound like you've got all the solutions for us today. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does sound a little bit like I'm a magician, doesn't it? I can just magic these things in there. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about trying and testing things. And um, I'm lucky enough to have been working in this industry for many years. So I've, I've, I've made my failures and I, I've learned from them already. I think that marketing is a pain that many self-published authors have. Let's start with the PR side of things. Yes. How, how is it? Now, how typical is it for a new author to feel that, oh, there's the book done now, it's all over, and, and then having that frustration with not being able to make sales? Well, I mean, I think people are wising up to it now. I really do think that there's so authors are so clever and savvy about things much more than, than even a few years ago because there's so much available to them, not just things like the Author School and your fabulous pod- podcasts, but there are blogs and, you know, there's just so many resources online now for people to actually have a look at and, and learn uh, from other people's mistakes, I guess. But there, are, we still get authors coming to us saying, help, uh, my book's been out for, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months or a couple of years. And we we just don't feel like we're selling any. And it's because they've sold to their immediate friends and family. And where do they go next? And when we talk about PR, public relations, yeah. what, what do we mean by that? What does that actually mean? Well, for me, it probably means something a bit different because we do things very, very differently um, to what I would call a traditional PR agency. A traditional PR agency is very much about the base line is to increase sales. Um, And, of course, that is what we do. But um, we increase sales by doing lots of different things. Um, And we we realise and we recognise that by simply just focusing on increasing sales, you're missing out on a lot of other opportunities. So we look at what we what we call the author platform so we really build on the author platform and make the author ideally um the go-to person not just for the press but for literary festivals events and um interviews for podcasts and various things so we try and we try and look at the full spectrum of ways that we can connect essentially the author and the author's product with their target audience I'm pleased that you mentioned this concept of an author platform. I think we hear quite a lot about that these days. What do we mean by an author platform? I think there's two different types of an author platform. I think there's an online author platform and an offline author author platform. And I'm actually going to Zurich in May, and um, I've been asked to run a series of workshops throughout a day um, for something called WriteCon. And I one of the one of the workshops I'm doing is 
ways and tips to increase your author platform online and then a second one for offline because I think they're they're very important and to sort of mishmash them all together is a bit confusing for people online there's so much you can do and building an author platform online really focuses on social media um so social media via your twitters and your instagrams and your facebooks but also blogging and guest blogging and podcasts and and just you know those sorts of things online press as well so um writing articles editorials getting interviews for online um magazines and those sorts of things offline it's very much about building your your profile within your community so um if you're for example writing a food book i would strongly suggest that you and maybe it's about recipes for example a cookbook i strongly suggest that you engage with local cookery schools or um food journalists or um maybe go to an event or a foodie exhibition and that's where you're building your offline um author platform so it's two different ways of doing it do you think that authors are reluctant to get involved in the marketing because it's quite an introverted profession isn't it um i think it really does depend on your personality yeah i think um a lot of the authors we work with are very extrovert and up for it and ready to learn and really eager to do interviews at first and then when when they realize that they are going to be on bbc radio london you know tomorrow or um we've got them an interview on the Lorraine show for example then the nerves sort of creep in and then they realize what they've asked us to do um but most people seem i think once you've engaged a publicist i think you're really you're ready for it i think i think it does take quite a lot of guts to kind of get to that stage and it's often a unfortunately you often sort of learn the hard way so i think a lot of people that have worked with us have tried to do it on their own and realize that they don't have the skills i mean i'm a journalist by trade but i didn't assume i knew how to do pr and publicity i went and did you know a quite long course evening night course um to do it to learn how to do it back in 2006 so i think it's one of those things where you can't be good at everything and if you if you assume that you're going to be good at marketing well you might be but if you've got no background in that or you know your book might be amazing um but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're very good at writing press releases for example you might be very good at writing fictional novels but that's not that's not the same writing style when it comes to getting publicity do you find that the press radio they're as interested in self-published authors as they are traditionally published authors that's a really good question i think it's evolving um we have managed to get publicity for every client that we've worked with but for some of them it's been a really hard slog and that's not anything to do with them it's entirely to do with the genre or um the fact that they're self-published um we don't take on any book that we think we're gonna really really struggle with but we can never really tell what's gonna get traction and what isn't we've recently had um publicity in the daily telegraph for a self-published author We've had publicity this week in um, The Express, The Mirror and um, what was the one on Sunday? And The Telegraph again. So we've managed to get quite a lot of coverage nationally um, for self-published uh, authors in the past week even. So it does happen. But I think that's very much about creating the right media angle and connecting with the right person at the right time. So you, we know what they're writing about and we know what issue they're writing for and things like that. As a self-published author, you've often got many expenses. You've got to think mm. about covers. You've got to think about edits and proofreads. And then, you know, by the time you get to publicity and marketing, 
sometimes it might feel that the cupboard's a bit bare. The pot usually, uh, <laughs> yeah, the pot's usually dry by that point. I mean, I, I, I completely understand that. And I'm a small business owner and I know how hard it is to budget and to know exactly what you need. Again, what I would say is the people that I've worked with sort of in retrospect when their books already been out they a lot of them come back to me for their second book well in advance and they've saved up for it you know and they've budgeted for it i think with any business if you don't allow um a budget for marketing you're you're kind of missing a trick really aren't you you're not really doing it properly to be honest because i don't know a single business that can survive without without any marketing and whether that could be marketing that you do yourself you know it could that could be you doing it all but if you don't tell people about your products or your service then how are they going to know you're there and at the end of the day this is what authors are doing i think this is this is something that i always harp on about um at the author school and to our clients is that you need to stop stop thinking about your book as a baby and start thinking about your book as a business because for so many years in some instances, I've worked with authors that have taken a decade to write one book, and for, it's very hard for them to let go of their baby and let it go into the real world. Um, and um, it's not their baby; it's it's a product, it's a business. Um, at least that's what it needs to be if if you actually want to sell books. Which is harsh, I know, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I completely agree with you. You can't expect people to discover it without any kind of marketing or publicity at all. How are they going to know it's there? Mm. It's the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah, so exactly. So that said, what are the key elements then of a, of a basic PR campaign? Um, well, for us, again, like I say, we do we do things very differently. Um, so I, I wouldn't want to speak for every kind of book publicity or book agency, but certainly for literally, we we work on a bespoke basis primarily. So even if you bought a package, we'd, we'd build it to you. Um, so a most people go for a three-month package because the press like to know at least three months in advance of a book being launched. So the three-month package would start with um, us sending you a Q&A document, which you fill out, and it's really... It, I've, I've been told it's like doing a dissertation, but it really helps focus exactly what you want from your publicity investment, because, you know, you're investing money in this and you need to get what you want from it. It makes it clear what your goals are and what your ambitions are for your for your campaign um and that gives us all the information that we need we then create your online profile on the website which on our website gets incredible number of hits from journalists looking for news so that's we've had we've had people asking for book review uh, books to review even just from putting up the profile online and doing nothing else so we know it works um, and then we create the advanced information sheet which I've um, recently sent an example of that to uh, a lady who works at the Alliance of Independent Authors because apparently lots of authors want to know how to do an advanced information sheet. So we create one, but our advanced information sheets are very much for the press. Um, so, you know, they, they usually tend to do, publishers do one for the trade, you know, for retailers. Um, and we try to do one for the press because it, we don't think it's a very good idea to use the same advanced information sheet for the, pre, for the press and for the trade. Um so we then we match up the press release or the advanced information sheet with the people that we think should know about it. So we create, we handpick a database and we've got, obviously we've got thousands and thousands of contacts. So we decide who's best for that to go to. And what makes us different to most other um, publicity agencies is that we read the books and we actually look at what, uh, what, what the author has 
us to say and um, take out extracts and have a think about media angles and then match that up with feature ideas that we know people are writing about or that we, you know, t- we, we pitch it to an editor who's friendly and open to those things. That's the very beginning stage. So that's like the first month, basically. And then from there on in, we do lots more things like organise events. We organise book signings and um, get people involved in literary festivals. We like to do lots of social media help um, and we speak to journalists every day. So where there's the opportunity to pitch that book and that author, we will be doing it over that three-month period. And what can authors do then to help themselves in this process? I think it's really important if you invest in publicity that you're, you're present, you're around. I mean, obviously people have to have their own stuff going on. I get that. And we work with authors who are in different countries. We've got a, a client at the moment who's in um, China. We've got another one who's in Australia. But we think it's really important that they make themselves as available as possible. And my biggest tip is if anything that we're doing, you could you could probably be doing as well. And it's often better for there to be two heads than one. So, for example, if we're pitching to journalists and we've got some really good ideas, we'll tell you about those ideas. And what you could do then is take some of them, create a small blog post around them, and then either even just blog it on your own, put it on your own blog, or offer to do guest blogs for other people. So have a look at other websites that you think would be open to the idea and use those ideas that we've come up with that we know are quite media savvy and of the moment um that's just one thing i mean there's loads of stuff you can do but the main thing is be available i had one client who organized a book launch and then went on holiday the next day so um missed out on quite a lot of the um sort of after event opportunities so it's just about being available i think really like you i i worked as a journalist for 20 years and i know that we used to see a whole stack of press releases every day and the ones that we used to pick up on were the ones with the new angle so they wouldn't say here's a book but they would have some kind of some kind of hook Mm. how important is the hook do you think so important i think the advanced information sheet has to have the baseline information but even on that we pick out the bits that we think sort of the newsworthy hooks that we think are going to draw people to them so if we just wrote an advanced information sheet as as a publisher would do for the trade so to, to give to book sellers and book buyers it that would be quite flat it'd be you know it's this price it's released on this day and this is a vague synopsis and this is a bit about the author and it'd be quite boring um but it'd give them everything they need fair enough but we try even on the advanced information sheet to make it a bit juicier um and again it's all very much about matching up a press release or a bit of press information to the right people so we don't do big mass mailings which means that we avoid we try to avoid journalists getting annoyed with us if they you know we we don't want to send them anything that's not that's completely not relevant so um it's about being quite careful about what the hook is and then matching it to the right person do you think the pr process is harder for self-published authors do traditional traditionally published authors have a head start with all of this i'm not sure they do because i've worked with a lot of traditionally published authors who have come to me and out of their own pocket have paid for publicity because they don't think their publisher's doing enough or um, their fingers got burnt the first time round because they thought, oh, you know, why have you not done this? Why have you not done that? So I think, I think obviously publishers have, are, are in a bit of a tricky situation, some of them at the moment, whereby they're having to cut costs. And it, it's always the way it was when I worked in um, food in the recession, the food companies would cut their PR budget. It's always the first thing to go. 
um and the ones that cut their pr budget they're not around anymore and the ones that kept investing in pr albeit it's like at a sort of a lower scale they're still around and i think i just always think back to that example of publishers that don't invest in publicity or don't you know have sacked all their in-house publicists and are asking their authors to pay for for their own publicity well that i could go off on one about that because it's very elitist i think you know if you've got the money then brilliant you're going to do okay if you haven't then oh what's going to happen to your book um and yeah i think publish publishers have such an advantage in many ways for example the distribution network um a bit ability to get into retailers you know that the self-published authors struggle with but they certainly don't seem to have the the heads up on um or the head start on publicity. Having said that, certain journalists in certain newspapers are still really snobby about self-published authors, and mm-hmm. we haven't got a hope of hell, in hell of getting you know some of our clients into them. But we we come up with more creative, innovative strategies, which means that they might not necessarily be reviewed in that paper, but they might be featured in it. Yes. So yes. There's, there's there's ways around them. The Trojan horse, that's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> it feels a bit like that sometimes, but we know now who not to bother with, you know. And to be honest, these people are stuck in the dark ages and they're never going to change. So we're not going to try and change. We're not going to waste time trying to change their mind about self-published authors. And, you know, to, to give them their due, over the past 10, 15 years, they've probably seen a lot of dodgy books come through. And, you know, there there, there isn't really a filter. Um, so you you could just publish a book tomorrow and send a press release out and a copy to a an editor on a national i mean you know so it is quite it's quite difficult in that respect but i think when you come through a third party it makes a big difference so i think anybody that's come through us you know we've we've taken them on because we think we can actually do something for them and that usually then means that we we know who to go to and it works you know because we've kind of we've provided that filter almost if I'm a, an aspiring or a newly self-published author, do I need to be serious about things like getting my own author website and at least one or two channels on social media? Or can I just let somebody like you take the strain? Is it a good strategy over the long term to have those things? It's a good strategy to have them over the long term, definitely. And if you, if you don't really get social media, then it's a really good idea to get someone to help you. But what you shouldn't do is give it to somebody to manage in its entirety because you can't ever get their voice right. And when we've been asked to do it and, you know, pretty much begged to people have begged us to do it and we've tried, it hasn't worked. So I, we don't do that anymore. We um, we basically say to people, we will help set things up for you. We will connect you with the right people. We will give you lists of suggested posts and tweets and blogs, blog ideas and things. Um, but you really have to do it yourself. As for the website, I think if you haven't got a website and you're an author, then um, you're you're missing out massively. Because if we send a press release out to a journalist, the first thing they do is tap your name into into Google or one of the first things they do if they're interested, you know, to sort of verify that you're a real person and that you're not some sort of dodgy, you know, author. They want to see that you're a genuine, real thing. Um, And if you haven't got a website, that's that's quite a tricky tricky one to get around we 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 have worked with authors that don't have websites and that has been a problem for the journalists we've spoken to um one of the things i've done on my site helen is and i don't know whether this is over the top is i've put uh, copyright free high resolution images on there so that people that's not print. over the top no i i absolutely believe that each website if you want the press to be interested in you you should have a press room and in the press room you should have 
um a press release archive so anything that you've put out there not 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 every single email you've ever sent this is proper press releases you should have them listed and then people can either download them as pdfs or they can just click them and see them on the website you should have an archive of photos absolutely so book covers photos of the author not not just sort of um, a head and shoulder shot although that's important a couple of sort of more lifestyle shots you know maybe you in context if your book's set in a particular place a picture of you there you know on the beach or something like that um and contact uh, details so that if a journalist wants to write about you on a sunday night at five o'clock they know that there's an email address that they can reach you on and hopefully someone will get back to them and that's where having a third party really helps because we're on all the time so you know we don't miss anything that comes in um but yeah press rooms are really important i think and i think uh, some authors do it amazingly well and others, I don't think, have even thought about it. <laughs> but it's a good idea. So when journalists, if we get a bite from a journalist then, presumably they always want the information yesterday rather than tomorrow. <laughs> and any friction that you cause in that process is going to be a problem for them. Yeah, you know that from your journalist day. So it's like, you know, if, you, if, you've, if you've got an interest in some, something, somebody, a story, the last thing you want to do is, be scrabbling, is to be scrabbling around for, for photos. Saying that, we recently had um, an article in... The Sunday Mirror and the uh, the photos we provided with to the to the journalist just weren't what they wanted so we had to get different photos taken so the author had to go and have photos taken by a professional photographer she had to go through all her old um photo albums and try and find some photos of her childhood now in retrospect we probably should have thought we we need more photos in this but you know we still we still make mistakes we're only human the fact is we thought we had enough and we still didn't um so I guess you can never really be a hundred percent certain that you've got everything the journalist's going to need, but you can certainly give it a go. Um, and if you don't have everything they need, then if the journalist is genuinely interested, usually they'll, you know, they'll hang around a bit. But it's n- it's not always their fault. It's usually, as you know, somebody higher saying, "Look, you've got this space on the Saturday issue, and if you don't get it by Wednesday, then you know we're moving on, and you've lost your slot." So it's it's a good idea to have headshots. It's a good idea to have book cover shots and all high resolution images ready to go i spent nearly 20 years working at local radio level in the bbc and i think something that a lot of authors maybe overlook is actually how easy it is as a local author to get on a local radio station do you find that from a pr point of view um we do i mean we we've got a very very good relationship with the bbc radio and i think they recently for example we had an author and he was in western house for in london probably for about three days you know just doing interviews and he he did like an hour session with bbc radio leads for their one one one-on-one program he did um breakfast shows on the bbc asian network you know he was all over the place that was brilliant and i think it's i mean i i love radio i think radio is one of the best best ways of getting publicity actually um and I think local local radio stations are really open to it. But again, I think it's it's a sort of a bit of a lazy um, sort of way of doing it. If you just sort of say, right, I've got a book and I live in the area, can I come on? I think you've got to give them something more. And if you give them more, you're going to probably get more time as well. So if you kind of hook it onto, for example, we did, you know, so it's World Book Day recently. So we did um, and there was a book signing in um in my area in kent actually and so we got bbc um involved in that we got local radio involved in that and local press involved in that but we hooked it around 
the World Book Day, because, and that gave the author a lot more coverage than I think she would have got if she just said, hi, I'm a local author and I've got a new book out. So again, it's just about being much more creative and giving the journalists more. I want to move on from the PR angle to the author school, because this is something really interesting that you've started. And, and before I mention that, um, I was checking out your colleague, Abiola's uh, website, because I'm talking to her as part of this podcast. Mm. And, and and this is a last PR question, actually. I did say I was going to finish PR <laughs> questions, but I, I noticed on Abiola's site, she'd got a brilliant press cuttings area. Um, I've never seen one as good as that. Now, that's presumably as a, as a result of working with you, is it? Yes, yes. So we first met when, um, uh, a long time ago, actually, we went to something called the Brit Writers Award or some something random that was only popped up for a year and then disappeared again. And um, I was invited there by one of my clients, one of my very first clients, actually, a lovely guy called Tom Barry. And... I met her there. She was there as an author. And I said, oh, who, you know, who's doing your publicity? No, oh, nobody. All right. And, you know, what are you doing to sell your book? Oh, nothing. And she was just kind of, she just didn't, I mean, she's very, she's much younger than me. So, um, and she just, she was kind of like, yeah, I'll just work out when it works out, you know. Anyway, so I said, look, I will, I will help you. Um, and I got her quite a lot of coverage and helped her shift some books. Since then, we've just become very good friends, and we had this idea pretty much at the same time to start the author school. Um, and she's always recommended me. I think whenever you, when something goes well, and you know, the majority of our of our clients do come out of the experience feeling really happy, then they were the, the word of mouth is the best kind of marketing for us. Um, and she recommended us to lots of different people, and we got lots of other clients out of out of that. So um we we just stayed in touch basically over the years and and we decided to, to try and do the author school because she's a lot younger than me she managed to get some funding from virgin um startups <laughs> which has helped us um to sort of do the very baseline of just setting up the website and things like that but it's still a big a big learning curve for us i've never done anything like this before um so and, and literally pr takes up a lot of my time so it's it's a balancing act at the moment well, I saw an advert, I can't remember when I saw an advert for the author school and I just signed up for it straight away because I thought for a, a newly self-published author, an event like that is just a no-brainer to coin a phrase. What, what is the, the aim of it? What's the, the concept of the day? The entire concept is, is very much, um, that's great feedback from you, but it's very much just to help people. Genuinely, we want to help authors. There is no um, profit in what we do um and i mean the amount of work we put into this to make these things happen is just off the scale i had no idea our 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 intentions are purely genuine and i think that is so surprising to a lot of people that there's something in the publishing world where they're not we're not trying to grab money and con people um we want to connect authors with all the people that can help them to get their book onto the shelf and we work with in literally PR we work with so many authors who are still writing a manuscript but who are very savvy and want to get a quote for a publicity package and they want to know this and then want to know that and it just it makes so much sense for me and for Abiola to be doing this because we've got so much experience but we've also got loads and loads of contacts so we've kind of just brought all of our all the lovely people we've ever worked with we've kind of just brought them all together basically and said look can you can you each do something across the day so we have five or six classes every um every time we do a day and can you just share with them tips advice help them but not just on the day be there for them after and 
when we've done it it's worked so well and there's been such a lovely feeling and i want it to be like that i want it, i want authors to feel welcome but i also want them to be able to ask questions i don't want it to be a stuffy sort of literary festival kind of thing where everyone's competing with each other and people are afraid to talk about their idea in case somebody else steals their idea or you know i just want it to be really open and um so far so good our next step is to do an online course and i think that's going to open it up to much more people and that's that's the aim because we're getting questions from switzerland from australia from america people that can't get to london um so we want to we want to do this online course but it's it's about translating that enthusiasm and passion and genuine sort of honesty via on an online forum is it's a bit more difficult isn't it than doing it in a room I think it's a really interesting idea. This interview is actually going to run the week before the April the 11th event, which oh, is yes. the one I'm, I'm attending. Yes. So we could, we can talk about that. Uh, the agenda is, is fixed. We've got, you've got uh, five or six classes throughout the day. Yeah. And can we, can we just run through the classes? Cause I just think these are really, really useful for people, whether you're aiming to be traditionally published or self-published. I yeah. don't think it really well, matters. Does it? The aim was that no matter where you are along the process, there's going to be something there for you. Because we didn't want to exclude people. I mean, I've worked with authors who have gone from being traditionally published to um, self-published, you know, and I still think they're going to get something from this. So the first class is the editing class, and that is with a guy called Andy Lowe, who is, um, I've worked with him before, and he's he's really, really knowledgeable, but he's also an author. So he kind of comes at it from both perspectives. So he was brilliant at the last class because... um, he gave us loads of advice about how to find the right editor for you. But also, you know, there's so many different types of editors, you know, copy editors and this editor and that editor. Mm. And it's just, he really broke it down to look, this is what you really need. This is kind of how much you should be paying for it. These are the problems that, um, that book editors typically tend to uncover. So you might, you know, might be able to nip them in the bud before you've even got an editor. Um, and he talks about things like getting your own voice through character development um, and, yeah just how to get that book to the best possible manuscript stage and I, again really really helpful in my opinion I, I yeah i just think that's excellent because i had an early experience with a, an editor and it, it didn't go well and i i realized very quickly that you had to build a relationship now i i have a, a proofreader now i have a brilliant relationship with my proofreader mm. but I, I i think i found an editor who was not editing in my genre so it didn't really get the genre right and yeah. i just felt immediately that need to have some kind of um, relationship and understanding with an editor uh, I got my fingers burned I think first time so I, I would immediately benefit from a session like that yeah I think, I think and I think again it, dep- it doesn't matter whether you've already been through the process a few times or not the fact is we're all learning still I mean I, I I'm really pedantic about grammar and things like that but I, I there's so many things I'm still learning and I wouldn't even begin to i mean i'm I'm actually writing a book at the moment believe it or not oh, fantastic um there's i'm i'm going very much with an open mind of i'd like to learn about what kind of editor i need and could can one editor do everything you know that'd be great wouldn't it but maybe maybe that's not really possible maybe they need to be really skilled in each each element of editing you know so um yeah it's really helpful the next class is with a guy called ricardo who i don't know if you've heard of reedsy but if if you haven't check out the website it's um these guys are just the guys who started Reedsy are so entrepreneurial. I love it. And um, they're really, they're really lovely. They've, they've basically set up this website that connects authors with all the people that they should need to hire to make up their own publishing team. But everybody who's on their lists have been vetted basically. So they're, mm. they're the best kind of that you're going to get. 
Um, and I was so honoured that they asked me to be their only um, book publicist from the UK. And I don't know if they've changed that yet, but when I last looked, I was still the only UK book publicist. So that's I've had quite a few authors come through from America who are looking for UK campaigns via Reedsy. Um And so Ricardo is going to come along and explain about self-publishing, publishing, and how you put your own team together, if, if indeed that's what you want to do. Or if you're going the traditionally published route, what extra things you might need, what extra people you might need around you. So that's going to be yes, a really interesting one. I've clocked Reedsy, yes. I'm very interested. So I, I didn't realise Reedsy were going to come. I saw that you've got different publishing options, but I didn't realise it was Reedsy. So mm-hmm. I'm very interested to hear what they've got oh, to say. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, and then we've got um, a literary agent, because I think that's, again, you know, there's this whole kind of thing about um, what what is the role of a literary agent. And there's, there's some people who believe that it's essential to have a literary agent, aren't there? And then there's some people who think, oh, no, you don't need one anymore. And so it's I think it's really interesting to get a, an agent along. And she's going to tell us all about how she works. Um, and she's worked with Abiola before. So this is what I was saying about we're kind of getting all the nice people that we know and bringing them in. Mm. Um, so she's going to answer any of the questions that people have got about how to write query letters you know, if you if you get a rejection, should you keep going? I have got one guy who's um, I'm working with who's self-published, but he's decided to try and get an agent, and he's had loads of rejection letters, and he's feeling very dejected. And I said, when you come to author school, you, you know, you'll get some ideas about what you're doing wrong, or what it's, maybe you, maybe it's just not the right time for you. Maybe maybe this isn't the right way of doing it. Yeah, it's fascinating. I spent, I went to an event in uh, York University last year, and it was a very uh, traditional event. They did uh, tip a nod to self-publishing, but it was essentially a lot of literary agents and editors. And I found it absolutely fascinating, a fascinating insight into what they're looking for, the things that they will make them dismiss a book immediately in terms of presentation and spellings. Uh, And I learned a lot that weekend, even though at the moment I don't really aspire to go that route. It was fascinating. I think, do you know what? I think, isn't it better to have all the information and then make your own decision about what's right for you rather than to just assume, you know, you you can't just assume a literary agent isn't for you if you haven't really looked into into it first, you know, because it could well be and that could be your way of selling lots and lots of books um yeah so the, i mean the next classes are really just about marketing and branding and website design and um book trailers you know should you or shouldn't you bother with a book trailer and then i take the last class which is um well actually we've got another we've got a bonus class this time but traditionally i take the last class which is all about the stuff we've just been talking about really so how to how to do a book launch and you know your books competing with loads of other books being released on the same day so how does your book stand out um, and I run through some clips of book launches that we've organised so people can get a feel for how if you make them different, then you're probably going to get more interest than if you just sort of have a book launch in a in a bookshop with some lukewarm red wine and nibbles. You know, <laughs> um, and then the last one is actually about, like I say, a bonus class. I'm really excited because she's this lady called Philippa Donovan is coming over from L.A. She's um, an editor, but she's also this a book to film specialist which is rather exciting and um, she's going to tell people how you even vaguely can go from being the British author, you know, over here in the cold UK um, to being this author talking to film producers in LA. It's all very exciting. Um, And I think for a lot of people that is something that they have in the back of their mind. You know, a lot of authors I speak to say, I'm sure my book would make a brilliant film. Um, And yeah, so it's a bit of a cliche, but I think it's worth, Again, getting the facts before you 
um, discount it. I'm very excited about that. I write my books very cinematically with a view to them being on film. Well, then you need to to hang around for the networking afterwards and um, have a drink with her as well, I think, and grill her. I booked a late train back so I can hang around afterwards. Yeah, yeah, do. The best best conversations are always at the drinks afterwards, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yes. I tell you the other thing that I had because um, we—I know you had to shuffle dates, and I—I I had a one-to-one with you and Abiola yeah. just before Christmas, yeah. and uh, I found that really useful. That's another service that you offer, yeah. Uh, and I really enjoyed that and got a lot from that. Thank you. Yeah, I think again, it's some people just don't really want to be in that big environment of lots of authors. Although saying that, we we, we limit it, so there's only about twenty, twenty-five authors that are you know at max ever going to be in a class. But um, some people just really do prefer the one-to-one, and we had. A lovely um, lady recently who we helped quite a lot, actually, and we put her book in front of some agents. And although she didn't get taken on by an agent, she got some feedback, which I think was quite helpful for her. Um, And we helped her connect with an editor. And she's also going to use literally for publicity. So um, she got a real good idea about how things can work. Um, And she just didn't really want to be in a room full of lots of people. She's quite shy. And... um, yeah, she she just wanted to ask us questions and file those questions over. So she sent us a list of questions that Abiola and I met beforehand and discussed and kind of we answer it in pay, on paper as well. So you take away something, um, you know, because sometimes when you're in a conversation, you, you're making notes and you kind of miss a few bits. So we, we try and make sure that you've got answers to the first lot of questions. But then we just open to any questions. And if, you know, if we can't answer them, then we'll we'll put you in touch with the right people who can Um and that's the thing, we we will know somebody who can answer your question, even if we can't. That was the bit that impressed me most, I think, that I, I walked away with that piece of paper and you emailed that to me. Mm. And the level of detail in that, I really appreciated that. Yeah. So th- thank you for that. No, I think very valuable. Yeah, I think it's important that you get the best of us. Otherwise, you know, what's the point? And I think it was really important that we met before and discussed it. So um, we knew what the, each other was going to say. It just flows better, doesn't it? Um, yeah, absolutely, it does. The, the next event, as I say, we're just going to catch that next event with this episode. So that's the 11th of April. How often do these author schools run well, and where can people find out about them? Uh, so if you go to theauthorschool.com, then we'll let you know when the next one's going to be. The reason why we had to cancel the last one is because we just didn't get enough people in time. And the problem is we have to pre-book um, the venue and we, we want this we, we, the place we're going to have it on the 11th is this really lovely hotel called Citizen M, which is on Bankside. And it's really funky building. Meeting rooms are really big and spacious. And it's got a really lovely restaurant. It's just got a really good sort of entrepreneurial, creative feel to it. And obviously these places don't come cheap and they don't come um, without booking in advance. So it's all very much about getting the word out there. We've had publicity in the Sunday Mirror. We've done loads of stuff on social media. And this class is going to be a sellout i mean we've only got about five places left and i'm really happy about that and i think a lot of that is to do with the fact that at the beginning last year it was a very new thing and i think people were quite wary because there there are so many scams out there and there are so many dodgy companies offering publishing services um and it, it also seemed a bit too good to be true because it is only a hundred pounds i think people were a bit like well in fact this um this one we've reduced it to 65 pounds because it's the london book fair week so we're doing like a london book fair special um so it's really you know you you get so much you get so much for your money it's ridiculous 
Well, I, I come from an internet marketing background, and I know I've spent a thousand pounds at events in London. So I'm I'm amazed at the price of this. It's fantastic. It is like compared to internet marketing. Profit. We're doing it entirely because we want this. We want this to work and help people. One of the things that I, I'm keen to emphasise. I, I know that a lot of people will think, oh, if I go to uh, an event like this it's going to be intimidating there'll be all sorts of arty people <laughs> walking around and, I, and there's me just scribbling in a notebook <laughs> Do people need to feel that way because no, no i mean anybody that's ever met me will know that i i am just yeah i am i am as i am people take me as i am and that's how i treat people as i expect to be treated so i'm i will welcome you you can you can be as involved as you want to be you can sit at the back and take notes and not say anything you can sit around the front and just talk the whole time and heckle it's up to you i don't I, you know there's no pressure there's absolutely no pressure it can be as interactive or as relaxed or as you know just hiding behind your own hands as you want it to be um the idea of a networking event afterwards is just to give people that maybe prefer a one-to-one sort of situation to just come over and speak to me or abiola or any of the guest speakers that are hanging around without there being lots of other people there. But by the end of the day, I think everyone sort of just warms to each other and it's just quite a chatty. I mean, the last one we did, everyone was just chatting around the room, um, you know, asking questions and somebody had an idea and somebody said, oh, yeah, I know someone can do that. So it ended up just being a big, big chat over coffee. It was lovely. I'm really looking forward to it, actually. I, I can't wait for it. So it is fun. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to see what you do. So, and I know, I know it will be, you know, packed with information and value. I don't think I've ever gone to an event like that where I haven't come back with just a pad full of ideas and thoughts. Uh, you, you, everything's valuable, isn't it, when you're listening to professionals talking? Yeah, because for, as what we were saying before this this conversation is that you're always learning, you know. And if you if if you're open to listening to somebody who's an expert in their particular field, you're going to learn so much. Um, because you can't be good at everything is the thing even if you're an author and you're self-published so you're basically taking the role as of author um, publisher you know possibly marketeer as well you might not necessarily then be the best editor or you might not necessarily have any idea about how to go from book to film so there's there's always something else to learn from somebody isn't there uh, yeah, I agree. Yes. Just remind us of the web links that we could use to find out more about Literally PR and the author. Um, literally PR is just literallyPR.com. So L-I-T-E-R-A-L-L-Y. Um, and the author school is theauthorschool.com. Um, and if you do a Google search, then you'd find us on the Literally PR website. We've got um, we, we have different divisions. So we have a books division and a food and drinks division. And if you go to the authors page on Literally PR, you can see all the clients we've worked with and we've got a real a real kind of mix a diverse mix of different people so you, you can get a feel for the sort of people that we we've sort of spotted and felt we could work with i've really enjoyed speaking to you today oh, helen thank thanks ever so much for joining us nice no to speak problem, to you Paul. thank you thank you for listening to this week's self-publishing journeys if you enjoyed the show please consider sharing it with your indie author friends or you can leave a review on itunes stitcher or whichever podcast directory you use In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.